0: Welcome to the Language 180 Podcast, where we talk about gospel fluency across cultures. I'm James, a language coach in South Asia, and I'm here with Preston. This is one of several episodes that features the key themes in 1,000 Cups of Tea Field Guide. Today we're going to
1: be talking about some of these themes with a language coach and a first-term trainer from Europe, and to start with, let's talk about motivation. What does it mean to be motivated to learn a language? That is a huge topic and so fundamental to the whole language learning process, yet so often misunderstood and actually lacking in that process. So what does it mean to be motivated to learn a language? Let's start off by talking about vision. What does it mean to have a vision for language learning or a vision for reaching gospel fluency? Can you share with us a little bit about what that means?
2: Yes, uh, I'd love to. Having a vision, I think my vision has changed. I've been on the field for three terms, and with each term, my vision has been adjusted. Um, when we arrived on the field, I really didn't know uh, what to think, other than my vision was pray for us so we can learn this language. Um, but after I arrived on the field and I started to hear things like milepost and B2, I realized in uh, about eight months in that the B2 exam held a lot of weight. And the B2 is a level of proficiency that we must achieve in European languages uh, on a special accredited test. So kind of nerve wracking to think that that was my goal. Um, but as I began to take part in ministry, in camps, in teaching children, I realized that I needed to be able to tell a Bible story. I needed words of encouragement. Uh, I needed words to manage a classroom if I was teaching children. So, in my heart, I knew that I needed to share the gospel. It wasn't just about that level of proficiency. So, I think my vision kind of got adjusted that first term through my experiences that I had uh, with people. Uh, the second term, uh, because I was more comfortable in the culture, I began spending time with uh, our people and I realized the need for communicating Bible truths. I was meeting people that had cancer. And we faced with fear and death. People who wanted to know how to teach their children about God. People who are experiencing great loss. So spending time with people helped me to see the true vision. What I needed to communicate and how I needed to communicate it. Um, I didn't know the term then, but what I needed was gospel fluency. So my third term, (laughs) I'm a slow learner. I set about with a plan. I was had a plan. I set out to be able to share with people in my home, around my table, with God's Word, a cup of coffee and a piece of cake. I was on my way after too much time of wandering, but I felt like I'd made a good plan and was ready to accomplish or make those steps toward gospel fluency.
0: Yeah, hearing those experiences is really encouraging to me you know, how our vision changes and, and how our ministries change and and mature over time is really helpful. I think that's one thing that, that new units really need to be assured of, is that it's okay if your ministries look different. Your ministries should look different as they mature over the years. Now, a lot of our new units have, like, classroom learning experience with languages, maybe in university or in high school, but can you talk a little bit about how Cross-cultural living affects or changes your perspective on language learning?
2: Yes, perspective, a great word. Um, Arriving on the field, I was seeing myself and my community through my American and, in my instance, Southern Baptist perspective uh, and my Southern lenses, as you can hear in my voice, Um, and my perspective and my vision was kind of out of focus, and I was having ...difficulty navigating uh, my new world. Um, Quickly, I learned I didn't have all the answers. And in fact, sometimes I didn't even know the right questions to be asking. And the only way to change my lenses was to get to know my neighbors, uh, to discover what they valued and how they answered the big questions of life. Um, How were they determining what was right and wrong? What did they already know about God? What did they already know about Jesus? Um, what did they believe happens to them when they die? Did they believe in the Bible? What do they know about the Bible? So when I started asking these questions, I had to wrestle with my answers. My answers couldn't come from my American background or my Southern Baptist background or my Southern background. My answers needed to come from God's word. So, I found the best way to change my perspective and wrestle with the answer of these questions um, was to invite my Polish neighbors for answering, helping me answer these questions. And we used a principle called the salt principle. It's not something that we um, wrote ourselves. We picked up along the way. Salt. um, S. Start a conversation. A. Ask questions. L, listen, and T, tell my story. So as I started using this principle, my perspective was shaped in community and in God's word.
0: Yeah, that's a big lesson that we all have to learn, right? Is that not everywhere in the world is just like the community that we were raised in, you know, uh, wherever we are going. Do you have any examples of like when you went overseas the first time, Examples of how your perspective changed?
2: Well, one example is a very practical example, and it's an example of how to make a bed. Um, I grew up in a home that used bottom sheets, a top sheet, and a blanket. (laughs) And uh, that's the way I made my bed for 48 years before I came on the field. But when I came on the field, I noticed that's not the way they do it here. And uh, we have a bottom sheet, but no top sheet. We use a duvet cover. And I was talking to one of my Polish friends one time who had been to America and she was like, y'all make your bed crazy. And I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, I felt like I was in a straitjacket. <laughs> and she was talking about crawling in between the sheets and how tight they were. But how making a bed in our area, in our community, in our country is just more freedom. And I thought that's kind of crazy that I didn't realize that people made beds differently. <laughs> And then another, maybe more spiritual application, is uh, the meaning of the Lord's Supper and communion. So, so growing up, I had ex- I had taken part in the Lord's Supper, this ordinance of the church. And I knew, in my mind, this was a symbol. The bread was a symbol of Christ's body. The juice was a symbol of Christ's blood. But as I talked to my neighbors and ask questions, I found out they had a lot of different thoughts about this. The bread they truly believe is Christ's body that is inside them. And when they take that bread, they have no sin. Um, And to me, I was like, wow, that's different than my perspective, what I have in my heart. So I had to learn how to communicate what I believed through God's word and have great conversations with my Polish uh, neighbors about these this kind of uh, new way of thinking about things.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting to hear you describe these examples of shifts in perspective based on you know how you understand the people you live among. I wanted to ask you a, another question related to motivation, uh, and that is having to do with uh, our sense of call, and maybe just asking you, you know, about that sense of call that you experienced. I'm thinking about what you were talking about when you mentioned in your third term, uh, just picturing you around your table with God's word and a cup of coffee and a piece of cake with your neighbors, and uh, you know, considering that as like that's you know you had traction in moving in the direction that God had called you to to go at that point, and I'm I'm see I'm seeing that as you were describing that, and I, I just wanted to hear a little bit more about how you, you know, just that journey that you've experienced, God's call on your life in your cross-cultural context, or maybe how language learning played a significant part in that sense of understanding that call and how you see yourself walking in that call and fulfilling that calling.
2: It's an important word, the call that God has on our lives. And when I look back on my life, I know as a child, um, I was always drawn to the stories of visiting missionaries and that they would share. And I was always amazed to hear them speak in another language. And soon I felt God's call to serve others. And for a while in America, I was serving others by being a teacher, a mom, a wife, a coach, Sunday school teacher. I was a person on mission and in each of those Roles, I had to learn a language. I had to learn the language of education. I had to learn the language to teach Sunday school. So even though it was in English, there were still things I had to learn. Um, and I had many roles uh, in my life of serving others before I came on the field. Um, at the age of 48, maybe, yeah, that's uh, not young. At the age of 48, uh, we entered the life of serving overseas. And we entered a culture where my whole identity just took a huge shift. My identity was no longer in things that I could do, because I was reduced to to being able to do nothing. Um, and in this place of utter, utter uh, desolation, God called me to be with Him, and He called me to total dependence on Him. And in my desperation to learn a new language and engage in a new culture, He called me into relationship with my Polish friends, my neighbors. He called me to have coffee. He called me to walks in the parks, to camps, to local schools. He called me into communities and um, I've done things like crafts, birthday parties, dances. He called me to live with my neighbors and through these relationships and learning the language i could speak words of truth words of life and words of peace his words and this is my calling uh, to live amongst my neighbors and and to speak his word uh, this is how god has revealed himself to me over these years
0: yeah that personal calling it that's great and and i love hearing your stories uh, about vision and about motivation i think that's so essential for our new learners to hear Maybe you can tell us a little bit more of, of these great stories when we talk about kind of the other side of the coin. When we talk about maybe the opposite of motivation, you know, a lot of our learners are going to face that in their first year. What, the thing that robs them of their motivation and joy, this discouragement or culture shock or culture stress. Have you ever faced that? And if so, how did you how did it affect your motivation and how did you get through it?
2: Um, yes, I have faced it and not only one time, (laughs) but um, as I face struggles and meet challenges, uh, God gives me strength and wisdom for the next challenge. But um, during my first two terms, I struggled. Um, I saw my husband making progress and that was discouraging to me. I wanted to celebrate with him, but in my heart, I was discouraged about my own progress I saw colleagues uh, making progress, and that brought discouragement. And uh, I found myself carrying this huge burden of failure. And no matter how hard I tried to pull the burden along, it it just wouldn't budge. I also realized that um, going to language school, just going to language school, was not helping me make progress in the areas of gospel fluency. As a teacher i realized that the polish teaching style did not really match my learning style so as a teacher i realized hey i I know what i need i need to create my own lesson plan so i guess this is how i combated that struggle of discouragement Um, i realized there was more than one way to learn i reached out for help uh, from other coaches and god sent me people my way to show me a better way of learning So I created a language exchange program using Bible stories that that changed my learning and changed my life. Uh, I invited five um, older people in my community uh, to my home uh, for language exchange. So every Friday morning, we met around my table with coffee and cake, and we read the Bible together. They were interested in reading in English, but I was interested in learning Polish, so... They would read the story in English, and I would correct them. I would read the story in Polish, and they would correct me. Then we set out to answer uh, Bible discovery questions. What does this story tell us about God, about Jesus, about the Holy Spirit, about people? So I helped them create their answers in English, and they helped me create my answers in Polish. And the next week when we met together with our coffee and cake, Um, I had to tell the Bible story in Polish, and they had to tell the Bible story in English in their own words. And I kept this group for almost three years. I still had plenty of room to grow, but it gave me the encouragement and the motivation to continue to learn so that I could speak to people the words of truth and love. Uh, I learned so much about Polish people, not just about language, but about culture during those meetings. I learned the strongholds on their life. So I think a great lesson I learned was that uh, meeting with my neighbors and learning in community was my best forward motion in language learning. And I still have contact with those uh, people, and they are precious to me.
1: You know, we've uh, been talking with you about motivation, and you shared with us your vision and and just the, the way in which uh, God has shaped that vision over the course of three terms And uh, you've shared with us about perspective and and call and even even the opposite of motivation, discouragement. And I think in all of this, what I've begun to see is this is really helpful to understand this whole concept of motivation toward being able to really become fluent in 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 the gospel in, in the language of uh, the people whom God has called us to reach. And uh, just hearing you describe this and hearing the examples uh, that you've given has really given us uh, such a great picture of how we need to to live like this. I mean, it's just been really helpful talking through this, talking with you about this and hearing, hearing you share uh, from, from your experiences and from the, the things that God has shown you in this whole idea of, of motivation toward gospel fluency thank you so much for sharing with us during this time
2: well thank you for allowing me to share my heart um, i hope that these words can uh, encourage others who are on their language learning journey and i pray that uh, it will be a helpful encouragement and i pray for them as they uh, begin this task so thanks again
0: yeah, thank you. I know I'm really encouraged by, by just all of these just practical examples of, of vision, call, motivation. So thanks so much for joining us. And thanks all of you for joining us today on the Language 180 podcast. Join us again as we continue to talk about these themes and others as we pursue gospel fluency across cultures.